candy shop. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Ask for Candy, where we talk about healing, self-care, love, sex, relationships, and what it takes to be amazing on the daily. Who I am is CandiceHarperLoveCoach.com, honey. And my purpose with this podcast is to create healthy romantic relationships all around the world through self-love, soul connections, and sweetness. But before we get to all of that, we are here with our production partner, Solivity Magazine, and Brian, the editor-in-chief, is here with us, producing us, making it all happen. Hi, my Brian. Hey, what's going on, Candy? I am like, I'm chomping at the bit for this one. Are you excited? Yeah, because I want to break from from all the madness from last night into today. I know, I know. And that's what, you know what, I like for the show to be a little bit of a respite from all of the crazy ills of the world. And I think it's perfect timing to be talking about what we're talking about because it has absolutely nothing to do with that debate. <laughs> Right? (laughs) I feel like we're so constantly inundated with, you know, the news and people's opinions about it and all the content about it. And it's like, you know, I I, it's almost my mission to be a a force of light and good and peace and anything but. Anything but politics and what's going on in the world. Yeah. And, you know, people can say that that's sort of like putting the head in the sand. But I don't I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I don't think there's anything wrong with us giving ourselves a chance to just talk about and be about something different just because the world is so crazy right now. Right. Exactly. You don't have to uh, argue about. You know, whether, you know, denouncing white supremacists. We can leave that over there for just (laughs) Right? (laughs) Like we can only only fight that fight so consistently for so long. Sometimes we got to take a break and talk about the fun stuff and the and the stuff that, you know, maybe doesn't seem like it's fun. But, you know, for me, it's fun because it's, uh, you know, people stuff, love stuff, love stuff is fun. Yeah. Yeah. We got a great topic. We got a great topic tonight. And um, we're going to dive in in a second. But for anybody who's new, who's never seen the show before or been with us before, we're live every Wednesday at 7 o'clock. You can watch us at Solivity.com on Solivity TV. And you can subscribe to Solivity Magazine on YouTube so that you can be alerted whenever we go live. And you can subscribe to our audio broadcast, Ask for Candy on Anchor, iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and wherever you normally normally download your podcasts and you can email me at askforcandy at gmail askforcandypodcast at gmail.com to leave comments ask questions all that good stuff sometimes i deal with it later in a later broadcast talk about what you're talking about what you ask me about what you tell me about And if you are new and you haven't been here before for almost nine years, I have been a relationship coach, a workshop facilitator, and now a professional matchmaker with Talkify Dating Service. And this is me living into my purpose of loving myself unconditionally and inspiring others to do the same using their romantic lives as a portal, an inspiration, a catalyst to our highest possible self. And so matchmaking and relationship coaching are my zone of genius. And the best part about it is that week to week, I get to grow and learn as I interact with hundreds of people around the most intimate parts of their lives. 
I get to take people on a journey from caterpillar to butterfly, from unhappy with their love lives to ecstatic. I get to teach people how to get out of their own way and tap into love as a limitless resource. And most importantly, I get to be part of what supports healthy beginnings and sustainably healthy relationships. I get to be the cause of self-love, soul connections, and sweetness. So stick around, stick around for tonight's matchmaker moment, which we're doing later. I have a great new um, client, Brian, who's very exciting. I'm not going to say anything about her right now. I want people to stick around through the course of the show so I can tell all about her. She's, she's, she's a good one. She's a good egg. Oh, fantastic. I can't wait. Right? You might have. I, you know, I, I haven't tapped into you as far as single friends are concerned. You know, if you have any single friends, they need to sign up for some matchmaking so that All I can right. put them I on will, dates. I will put that up for you actually even today oh good perfect perfect so yeah that's what we're gonna do if you stick around let's get down to tonight's topic tonight's topic love stuck finding your flow love stuck i don't know what that song is i i was trying to think of a song that's like is there a love struck song is there like a you know was there a song in that in that movie called love struck I can't remember. I don't know. Wasn't that with uh, Cher? That's Moonstruck. Moonstruck, okay. (laughs) When the moon hits your eye like a big big pizza pizza pie, pie. that's amore. And it was about love. (laughs) (laughs) It was about love. But, um, yeah, I don't know if there's any love stuck songs. There's definitely, you know, songs about being love struck. And so tonight, love stuck, finding your flow, all the questions to ask yourself to find out where you might be blocking your romantic desires. So you guys know I'm all about self-awareness and self-examination. And sometimes that for me leads to overthinking. So I don't want to invite you to overthink, but I'm all about like, how can we be getting in touch with our inner selves, our intuition, knowing ourselves, loving ourselves, knowing that we're enough. How do we be the um, anecdote to this world that we live in that's constantly telling us that we need to be more, do more, have more, buy more, you know, put more into our bodies, uh, you know, make ourselves better all the time. Like, how do we understand that, that we are enough, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So whether you are stuck in a dead relationship or in a singlehood holding pattern, or if you're struggling with sexual dysfunction or too conscious about your body to engage in intimate interaction, and that doesn't necessarily have to mean sex. Sometimes people are so body conscious that they're not even, you know, they won't even hug or just interact in an intimate way with people. Or in any kind of love life rut whatsoever. There's a lot of different ways that we fall into a love life rut. Even people who are dating all the time sometimes fall into a rut where it's just about the dating and never taking it any further, right? And people who are in relationships, I mean, obviously in relationships, that's one of the biggest things. Like, how do you not fall into a rut? We all get stuck around love and our different places in our journey. And it's a natural part of our, our, you know, human experience. There's nothing wrong with it, but this is about, you know, what questions do I ask myself if I'm ready to get unstuck? If I'm ready to get things moving, what do you think about that, Brian? Do you have any experience with like feeling a stuckedness and what that was like or how you got out of it? Yeah. I mean, you know, when I was younger, um, you know, you have that, that relationship that goes awry and you kind of get burnt yeah. by it. And then, 
you know, you find yourself in a place where, you know, you're living from the last relationship, right? Mm. Like, you, you may meet somebody new, but the last relationship kind of lingers and lingers and lingers and lingers. Yeah. Like you're still responding to that person and, and mm-hmm. yeah, like treating them like, like you through your trauma. Exactly. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. That's that baggage, right? That we walk around with. Yeah. And you know, we, there's so many, uh, uh, ways that we, that we do get stuck. And that is one of the biggest ways is by like holding on to the past or still having the unhealed stuff that we haven't really dealt with. But also it's just, you know, we, we get stuck in like believing that we should have a certain thing. And you know, I've done a couple shows about, uh, having a certain list of standards that, you know, need to be met. That's a stuckedness when I won't, you know, come up off my insistence that somebody be perfect or, you know, there's just so many, so many possible ways that we can get stuck. I mean, one for me was, uh, you know, being stuck, feeling like I constantly had to be in a relationship. So it was like out of the frying pan into the fire, but then I would get, you know, right into the next frying pan. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's another one, right? Yeah. You judge yourself by, oh, I'm alone, so I'm less than. Yeah. So then I can't ever be, I can't let myself ever be alone, you know? And then when you're alone, you can get stuck in either, you know, not dating, staying home all the time and, you know, not allowing that part of your life. Or you can get stuck in, like I said, over dating where it's just about keeping it casual or you can get stuck in, you know, whatever. We, we get the point. We can get stuck. <laughs> So tonight's show is all about self-exploration. So often we get caught in the misguided thinking that something external needs to change or be better in order for us to move forward. And that's often why we get stuck and stay stuck, because we're feeling like there's something outside of us that needs to change in order for us to be unstuck, in order for us to move forward. So, you know, things like, you know, when I lose that extra weight, when my partner starts behaving better, when I have enough money to, you know, blah, 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 whatever it is, insert whatever your upgrade might be, you know, when I have enough money to, you know, fix my teeth or, or you know, get my bat wings sucked out or put my Botox in my forehead, whatever, <laughs> whatever you're thinking is this, you know, external thing that, that you um, need to do in order to get out of your stuck place. So oftentimes that's what we think is that we have to, to focus on those things and, and make those things change in order to make our, uh, to get out of a place of being stuck. But what we often miss is that waiting for something external to change, fighting for something or someone to change, or even willing it to change is exactly the reason why we get stuck. Right? Even though we almost never think that that's the reason. But it's that desire, that need for something or someone to be better that keeps us stuck because it's those things that we can't, you know, really control. Some of them we can externally, we can control some of them, but they, they're not the actual, what actually needs to change when we feel stuck. When we feel stuck, it's about how do I change the feeling of being stuck, which is an internal job, right? And so, you know, how many times have you ever held yourself back because you didn't get the encouragement from other people you wanted in order to move forward? It's, you know, those are the ways that we, I'm waiting for somebody to support me in what I'm doing. And because they're not supporting me, I'm not going to do what it is that I, that I could be doing. I'm not going to, you know, be creative or expressive, or I'm not going to, you know, do whatever it is I desire to do because I'm not getting the support I need. So that keeps me stuck, right? That thinking. 
How often have you ever given up on something because you allowed something else to stand in its way rather than maneuver around it? So anytime we're like, oh, you know, like I was saying earlier, I got to do this in order to be better in order to have this. So we're like putting putting the roadblocks in the way. So if I haven't gotten this thing done, then I'm not going to be able to do this next thing. I'm not going to be able to move forward. That's another way that we get stuck. We don't try to flow or maneuver around anything. And what do you believe is the reason you may be on pause with something in your love life right now? Is it lack of options? Somebody did you wrong? You know, your partner has checked out, etc. Like if you think about if you are in a place of stuckedness in your love life right now, what do you consider to be the reason? Oftentimes I will, um, when I'm screening clients and candidates, I will ask them about their dream love life and, you know, what is the ideal love life? What is it that they're looking for? Um, what is it that they're trying to create, I should say? And the next question is always, what do you think has been the obstacle that's standing in the way? And I, right. And I can always tell, you know, someone who's like, well, I haven't really been, you know, pursuing my love life. I haven't been paying much attention. I put all my focus on the work. Like someone who's coming from a place of this is what I've been doing. These are the choices I've been making. So that's why it's what it, what it is. I can tell that they're ready to like take responsibility and make the changes. Right. As opposed to someone else who's like, well, you know, there's just no good people out there. Um, you know, I try and I go out, but you know, people don't, people don't know how to date in the city I live in, insert your city. You know, it's because the online apps don't work. It's because, you know, a million reasons that have nothing to do with me, or it's because, you know, I gained weight and nobody likes, you know, overweight people. You know, it's these things that are like external things, external stories that I've made up for why I don't have what I want. It's all that kind of thinking that keeps us stuck. And for me, I used to believe that finding love and being happy meant meeting someone my parents would love that also fit all of my standards and would be the cure to all my insecurities. (laughs) Right? I used to think that that's what... You know, that's what finding love and being happy meant. Like, that's what you're supposed to do. So it was a belief that I had, right? So every time that anybody was was not fitting into that belief or was not that, then I was in a place of, you know, oh, it's never going to happen, or I was disappointed. I was stuck, stuck in thinking that, that that's the way it's supposed to be. And basically, I was at a stalemate. So how could I generate love and be happy in my life while I was waiting for someone else to come along and heal my insecurities? It's impossible. No one can heal my insecurities but me. So this is what we're looking at tonight. Like, how do I get to a place where I get that, you know, first of all, people can only love us to the level at which we can love ourselves, right? Damn straight. Right. So how do I get to a place where I I not only move the stuff out of the way, but also can recognize that it's there? Because if I just walked up to a random person and said, you know, do you feel like you're stuck? Some people can honestly say, oh, yeah, I do. But a lot of people will say, oh, no, everything's great. Well, you know, what's going on with your love life? Well, you know, I just broke up with somebody or, you know, I'm not really dating or anything like that. Well, what do you want? Well, what I want is to be in a happy relationship. So how long have you been? Has it been what it is? Well, it's been a few years now. or It's been a couple of years now. And I'm not saying this like it's a a negative thing because I do it myself. It's part of our human condition, right? We say we want one thing. And then what our pattern normally is based on what we believe and what we think has us 
stuck in in something else rather than what it is that we say we want. So, you know, we refuse to generate and be the source of our own healing and restoration. It's like damming up an empty canal. So it's, it's, it's refusing to flow, but we don't always know it. We don't always know that that's what we're doing, that we're refusing to flow, that we're refusing to allow, that we're refusing to let ourselves have that thing that we say that we want. So how do we identify when we are love stuck and refusing to flow? So check your negative feelings. And by check them, I mean just, you know, think about the beliefs and the things that you're telling yourself. So some of the themes that kind of resonate with people that I interview, I just don't meet the right people to fall in love with. I, I hear that all the time, Brian. And I think that points to like, you know, what we've talked about before where people, their standards are so high that like they might be meeting people, yeah. but they don't consider anybody to be the right person, right? You know, why, why, why is it that this song is like popping in my head right now as you're talking about it? What? I found love on a two-way street. <laughs> and I lost it on a lonely highway. Yeah, you know I mean? yeah. You know what I mean? I mean... <laughs> it's true. I, I, you know, and that we and then they just sit there. Yeah. Like you're saying, they pitch a tent right where that is. Yeah. You know, crazy. Well, and, you know, for some people, it's like I meet, uh, you know, person after person. And some people are like the one time dater and they never let anybody get, you know, across that initial, you know, start line. And then for some people, it's like one short term relationship after another. But, you know, it's that's the theme. Right. So if I have that theme, then I got to know that 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 that's a stuckedness. There's, you know, something stuck there. Some some people, it's my partner is too whatever. My partner is too disconnected. My partner is too whatever. My partner is too much of or my partner is not enough of something. Okay. Right. That's that's a way that coupled people get stuck. Right. Like making determinations about the partner, the person that they're with, that makes that person somehow not good enough. Yeah, I can totally understand that. Yeah. I mean, um, people, you know, getting hurt hurts. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) it does. And you don't want to get hurt again. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But that but that if. If at the end of the day, like you were talking about before, if you really want to expand and grow and um, have somebody in your life, then you got to you got to open up. Yeah. You have to move through it. And no, that's part of true. that is like this first step. Check your negative feelings and statements. Yeah. And, and, and be willing to identify them as such. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Because if we're if we're busy, like projecting onto our partner and, you know, with our judgments and our criticisms or the people that we're dating, like all that is it's projection. It's you know, we we look at other people and what we do is we cast, you know, what our perspective is and and who we are onto them. You know, because we believe that people think like we think and, you know, that their actions are, you know, things that and that's why we're always comparing ourselves. Well, they did such and such. I would never do that. 
So then you must be wrong. Do you know what I mean? Exactly. Oh, dare yeah, then something oh. must be wrong with you. You know, so, oh, wait, Joe on, the, on my watch party says, sometimes people's high standards leaves them by themselves and missing out on something good. That is absolutely true, Joe. And that's, that's definitely another form of stuckness. If another theme that you have is my parents didn't teach me right or teach me right or love me enough. A lot of, um, there's a lot of commonality in that theme of parents didn't love me enough. And I used to walk around with that too, when I was younger and I had to do some healing work around that because there's this idea that parents are supposed to be, I don't know, some Norman Rockwell painting perfect. And, you know, we know that parents are the source of, you know, are all our initial, whether or not they're absentee parents or very present parents, they're the source of a lot of our conditioning and how we approach love relationships as we get to be adults, right? So, you know, whatever extent they love us, it's like, that determines a lot for how we navigate our adulthood. But who, like, who knows what this perfect amount is supposed to be, right? (laughs) exactly yeah like you ask anybody and they they can tell you things that their parents did or didn't do that that were pivotal that changed them that altered the course of how they were going to be or how they thought they were going to be in some way but you know it's one of those things where we get the parents that we get and there is no standard of perfect there is no, you know, there's no way for any human being to know what it means to be a perfect mother, what it means to be a perfect father. So, so it's like when we walk around feeling like, oh, my parent didn't love me enough, so that's why I have all of these issues. Yeah, that's true, but at some point you got to let go of that there's an expectation that they were supposed to have known how much to love you. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, there's this, this, this profession that's like called, uh, you know, psychotherapy. Yes. That you can go and you can find out more about how to move through that. 100%. I mean, that, you know. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. But, you know, th- these are the kinds of indications. And yes, like I love that you said that. Therapy is definitely, you know, especially when there's more than one of these sort of like negative uh, things playing back or playing around in your head. Um, you know, that's definitely the part of your, a good part of a healing journey to take around having all of these negative thoughts, but just knowing that you can identify them and that you have them is part of like taking those first steps to getting unstuck, like realizing that these are just thoughts and beliefs that I have or thoughts and beliefs that I'm walking around with. And I can do what I need to do to change them, whether that means getting therapy or, you know, uh, joining a healing group or, you know, whatever, like, it's just that willingness to be able to say, okay, I have some beliefs that don't work. And a lot of us hate to do that. We hate to admit that we have beliefs that don't work. You know, <laughs> like I was talking, talking to a client the other day and, you know, she was so insistent and this happens, you know, that gets so insistent that it's the process that, it, that is the problem. It's, you know, something outside of me that is the problem. And, you know, our whole conversation was like, you know, if you focused your bandwidth on what does work in the process, and if you focused your bandwidth on, um, you know, giving yourself the nurturing and the love and what does work as far as you are concerned, you won't have enough space for, for everything that you're focusing on that does not work. But it was hard for her to understand that because she's so steeped in this belief that the way to do this is to look for everything that's wrong and point it out. 
That is so true. Uh, we have a one of our people who's on one of our watch parties, yeah. Javier, saying uh, we have to understand why our parents raised us the way they did while identifying what you truly believe about any situation. Very true. Yeah. I mean, I do think, I, I think Javier's right, like in the sense that understanding the why does help in a big way. But for those people who, you know, may never understand why, like people who's, who, you know, I have a, a close friend whose parents gave her up for adoption, right? And she never got the full story of whatever happened, you know, with her birth parents. But that was a very, like, just knowing that was a very pivotal thing for her. It's something that she carries with her. And, you know, what's there for us is the understanding that because if we can accept that parents aren't some standard of what we think parents are supposed to be, we can accept that we don't have to be some standard that someone else thinks that we're supposed to be. That way we can define ourselves, right? And just that understanding that you can be self-defining no matter where or who you come from. And it's great if you can understand where you come from and who you come from and your ancestry. That is fantastic. And it definitely can be a big component of healing. But for some people, that's not an option. Right? So the idea is, how do I get to a place where I can heal myself enough that I can also define myself and I can decide what my experience is going to be, regardless of what I saw growing up, regardless of what is my you know, conditioning or what I was told it was supposed to be like, right? I don't know. That's what I think. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I I'll do. <laughs> so yeah, another one is love and relationships are too much work. So I hear this often, and I'm not saying this to say that a relationship is not uh, work on some level, especially because we talk about this a lot, you and I, Brian, you know, especially when, you know, if you're approaching your relationship as a, uh, you know, the stone on which you're sharpened and a place for learning and a place for growth, that's that that can be work. If you approach it as something that you don't want to have to change yourself and you don't want to have to like uh, adapt to anyone else. You don't want to have to have that level of, of sharing and compromise. You just kind of want that person to fit into your life. That's worse than work. Do you know what I mean? Because <laughs> you'll be banging your head up against a wall until it, it stops working anymore. So just the idea that, you know, what you have to do in order to have a relationship, that it's too much work or uh, evaluating it as something that, you know, it's all stuff that I don't want to have to do. That's a belief. That's a negative belief that keeps you stuck in a place of, okay, if you don't want to have to do it, then you don't really want a relationship. But say, oh, but no, I do. I just don't want to have to do everything you have to do in order to have a relationship. I don't want to have to do all the work. And so, yeah, as long as I think that what a relationship is, is work, then I'm just going to stand in my, it's like a catch 22. Exactly. Yeah. I love you. Now change. Right? (laughs) Exactly. Now be everything I want you to be always and forever. And don't ever. How dare you ask me to take out the trash on time every week? Right. (laughs) How dare you? (laughs) Right. Like, and don't ever veer from whatever it is that I've I've decided you need to be for me. Because as soon as you veer away from that, then I'm going to have problems with you. And, you know, that's that's how we get stuck. And then another one that I get a lot is no one will ever really love me. Like, I get that a lot from my single people. Right. That no one will ever love me like that, like that deep seated belief that that's what's deep down inside. Even though I want to date, I want to find that person. I want to look for that person deep down inside. I don't really believe that it's possible for me. 
that I'm different somehow than other people. So these are these are just a few. And, you know, those of you who are listening, like just think about, you know, what are some similar themes, some things you've been telling yourself, whether or not you're in a relationship that if you're feeling stuck, that might be informing your feeling stuck. Right. This is just a small percentage of all the possible thoughts and themes that we operate under the possible beliefs. And basically it all comes down to a belief that relating is too much or in other words, that we're not enough. It's just a belief that we are not enough. So how do we turn on the tap? Turn on the tap and be enough and begin to flow. Allow ourselves to flow like water. What does water do? It maneuvers around, up and over things. It fills vessels and it morphs into their shape. It goes quickly to where there is no resistance. It flows, right? That. That, right? That's hot. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. And you might be at home. You might be saying, well, you know, as for candy, I'm pretty flexible and easygoing. I let life happen. I just still don't feel fulfilled in my love life, though. <laughs> and here's where we acknowledge that intention and action don't always line up. So I may mean to be flexible and flowing, but if I feel like I'm up against a wall or I'm stuck or like I don't have what I want, whether I'm in a relationship or not, if I'm saying it's not what I want and I feel like I'm stuck there, my results are indicating otherwise. They are indicating that I am not flowing, that I am not in the flow. I'm not being like water. I don't know if you guys can hear the German shepherd whining in the back. He's not flowing right now. <laughs> the German shepherd is whining in the background because he's, you know, I don't know. He's like, I'm not in the mood to flow. He wants to resist a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, this it, you know, a lot, oftentimes we kid ourselves into thinking, oh, you know, because I'm an easygoing person and I'm flexible about, you know, uh, being around other people, being with other people that, um, you know, that, that I should have what I want. But if you don't, it's not anything to make you wrong or to make you feel bad. It's just a true indication that that you know, the, the, whatever your outcome and outcome is, whatever your results are, they are indicating that no, you're not in the flow of life. You're not allowing yourself to flow, but here's the miracle. Are you ready for the miracle, Brian? I'm ready for the miracle. (laughs) If you ever wonder if your mind is playing tricks on you by blocking your flow without your consent, just ask your body. So, you know, right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you get one. Like, it's just about tapping into your body. Like, if I say to myself, you know, but I'm doing everything that I should be doing. I am flowing. I am flexible. You know, I, I know that I, I, I'm just trying to take it as easy as possible. I'm willing to go out on dates. I'm willing to do things for my partner. I'm willing to, you know, whatever it is you feel like you're calling flow and flexibility. But I still just don't feel like it's where I want it to be or what it's what I want it to be and you want to find out where the issue is, check in with your body. Because your body is the physical expression of all that gets blocked up in your heart and your mind. So the way it does that is with pain and dis-ease and stiffness and stress symptoms. That ain't that government cheese. That ain't that government cheese, honey. (laughs) (laughs) We talking about Vita. <laughs> but that's what your body does. Your body your body materializes and expresses 
what is going on with your beliefs and where you are stuck and where you are stopped. So here's an easy, here's the miracle and here's an easy way to utilize that to your benefit. Because then you think, oh, then every time I worry, I'm going to get a headache. And every time I'm upset, I'm going to get a stomach ache. But here's the beauty of all of that is that your body, you, it, what the brain does is it tries to protect us. It tries to have us survive. So it gives us, you know, little issues. It triggers certain things so that we will be alerted to either what we need to um what we need to give some love and nurturing to, what we need to let go of, what we need to release, all that good stuff. And so rather than trying to identify whether you have emotional blocks, because identifying emotional blocks can be challenging even when you have a therapist, but it's, you know, uh, recommended to do it with a therapist. But rather than trying to identify those emotional blocks, and if you're, especially if you're doing this on your own, go straight to your body. And here are the questions. Actually, you know what? I'm not going to do the questions until after we take a commercial break. All right. (laughs) Right. I'm going to cliffhang you a little bit. What do you, what do you think about that, Brian? We'll take a little commercial break and we'll get to all the questions. So so we'll have them stick around. Yeah. With the questions to ask your body to find out if you really do flow like water. All right. So we're back with the questions to be asking yourselves to, to utilize your body, to identify whether you're having some blocks, some blocks to your flow. Cause like I said, before the break, your body will let you know if you tap into it, you don't have to go into some sort of emotional deep dive if that's not your thing sometimes people don't feel so comfortable with that um and if you're working on it on your own like listen to your body so i came up with some um different different things to ask yourself and to send you into some self-reflection with your body and to go somatic with it of the body and check you know just do a check do your own diagnostic your body will always tell you so for the women number one the question is do i have a healthy and consistent menstrual flow if i am of an age to have a menstrual flow and if not why not so you know for some women of course it could be like fibroids and endometriosis hormonal problems and even those issues can lead to a deeper understanding of what beliefs may be causing them in your body. See, all this stuff that happens in our body are, you know, it it starts with a belief. It starts with a thought. It starts with something that we um, uh, uh, are fearful of, uh, maybe possibly a trauma, something that we want to protect ourselves or someone else from. Like they start as seeds of belief and without the healing, they get expressed physically, right? So, of course, if you don't have a healthy, consistent menstrual flow, you got to see a doctor and all of that stuff. I'm not um, saying that, that to do this in place of any sort of, uh, you know, medical attention, clinical attention. But what I'm saying is that use what's going on in your body to help clear any of the emotional blocks so that you can flow and see menstrual flow. Everything that I talk about is going to have to do with flow because when there, when you don't have flow, when things are stuck in places mentally, they show up in your body as well. So I know even um, some women who are in their 40s, 50, some who have gone through menopause, who have a sense of shame and denial around their period, things like that, like growing up with that sense of shame, um, you know, feeling like it's dirty somehow, uh, having a resistance mindset when it comes to, to your period, your flow, all of that stuff can block 
the health, the health of your flow. And all of those beliefs also inform how we show up emotionally in different spaces. And so only you know whether that's part of what, you know, is affecting your stuckness if you're feeling stuck, but be willing to ask yourself that question. Because if I'm having issues with something and I'm not having what I want and um, I have some beliefs around control or some beliefs that have to do with shame, sexual shame, things like that, they can very much affect my menstrual flow. So ask that question. And if you've ever read Louise Hay, she wrote a great book called You Can Heal Your Life. She says that when we have problems when it comes to our menstrual flow, it has to do with thoughts and beliefs around guilt or feeling dirty or denial of the self and feminine aspects within the self. So these things definitely, you know, that show up in our body, they point to the emotional places. They point to the stuff that needs to be healed. And I know you might be saying, but Candy, I don't want to point to that stuff. I've been avoiding that stuff. But that's why it's showing up in your body. Right? It's showing up because it's been avoided. So first, that's the first question to ask. Brian, I... I I, if you have anything, I'll allow you to chime in. I know men aren't that comfortable with talking about this sort of thing. <laughs> well, you know, um, as a married man, uh-huh. but I think men should actually pay attention to it. Right. If you want, if you're going to be in a relationship with specifically in a heterosexual relationship, you need to know and pay attention to when, how, what's happening with your mate yeah. around that. 100%. So if you're dating somebody or that kind of deal, it's, it's, you should, men need to get, be more aware of that. Aware. And, and also I feel like the taboo needs to be taken out of it. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's, phys- it's, it's, it's just a bodily function. Exactly. I mean, what the, Yeah. Exactly. It's a bodily function that's a really, really important one. And when we love and embrace it, and I know for a lot of women who who have difficult menstrual flow, it's like love and embrace it. It's like F you like this is (laughs) this is painful and it sucks. But that I mean, like when we have that framing of it. And, you know, it's like, which came first, the chicken or the egg, the cramps or the feeling that the period sucks? You know, when we have a framing that my period is going to suck, it's a horrible thing. I don't want to have it. I feel guilty. I feel dirty. I'm, you know, I'm in denial of it. I want to hide it. I want to pretend like it's not there. Then, our, you know, our body responds to that. And, it, you know, that is a framework of belief about who we are. And, and that's part of the act of self-love is being able to accept that this is part of how my body functions. And when it's functioning well, I it's a sign that I'm healthy and fertile or doing well or, you know, being able to flow. Yeah, I, I want, just want to reiterate something that you said earlier because I just don't want, want people to... Um, take anything that we're saying the wrong way. Sure. If you are suffering from any physical distress, please see a physician. Yes. Or if it is severe, I mean, like you're you you can't move. Please dial nine one one. If you're, I mean, this is in America because I know we go out across uh, globally, but here in America, dial. 911 or if you're in another country where they have emergency services please contact them don't just sit there and 
try to suffer through because it could be something serious. Yes. So we just want to make sure that we state that as well. Yes. No, thank you for that. 100%. Like this is not in any way medical advice. This is how can I use what happens to me medically to be able to heal whatever thoughts and beliefs might have led me down this road. 100%. Absolutely. If you have any issues, you absolutely have to see a doctor and make sure like no self-diagnosing or anything like that. You definitely want yeah, to see yeah. a clinician. Let, let the professionals figure out what's going on. And to your point, because uh, I've gone through this myself in terms of just medical things, they always represent something that is going on with you at, at a psychological level. Yes. There's something that's happening with you. Definitely. You know, this is this is not like COVID or anything like that where you contract a virus and that kind of deal. We're talking about, you know, internal stress. Yeah. That, that creates dis and how it shows up how it shows up in your body love that one yeah yeah all right number two this one's for everybody you got to be willing to ask yourself do i poop daily (laughs) 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 and healthfully do i poop daily and healthfully and you know whatever resources you need to find to find out if if you know how you're going is a healthy go and i would say ask your doctor what would be the healthiest go and what a healthy go is supposed to look like if i if i'm not why not so a doctor can tell you the medical reasons why you're not, but you can use those medical reasons to get really clear about what's going on with you that that part of your body is speaking to you is letting you know like there's a belief and and now there's something wrong and you know this is this is maybe something you want to look at about your beliefs and here's the thing this is like quantum physics stuff this is like i don't know if you've ever heard of the uh, (laughs) right the the project with the water it's from that that movie what the bleep do we know Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Where the um, Japanese scientist, he used he labeled water with negative words and he labeled water with positive words. And the, and the one he labeled with the positive words, it did a beautiful crystallization. Like when he looked at it under the mi- microscope, all the molecules had like a beautiful crystallization forming. And the ones that he labeled with negative words, they had, you know, they were misshapen and, you know, the water went bad quicker. It's a great movie. It's called What the Bleep Do We Know? But that was just a very simple representation of how our beliefs and our thoughts, you know, and our body is mostly made up of water, right? Absolutely. Our beliefs and our thoughts are are an energy field and they do cause it's, it. I'm not saying this to say that the sicknesses aren't real. They're very real. The body does manifest them. They're you know, they're very much real and very much need to be treated if they're there. But know that they are letting you know something that's going on in your mind that is that is keeping you stuck wherever you're stuck. And if it's constipation. That's definitely, you know, a a good indication that there's something else that you're holding on to that you're like, I'm not letting this thing go. (laughs) You're not holding on a a box of government cheese. No. (laughs) Or maybe you are. Or maybe you are. You know, maybe you ate a whole one because you were in an emotional fit and now it's stuck. Like like there's always a, a, a through line, right? Exactly. And at that point, you probably do need to dial 911. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> if you ate a whole block of government cheese. <laughs> and like Louise Hay says, refusing to release old ideas. So, you know, it, it's a release thing. 
You know, and that's not to say if you are constipated, you know, just figure out the release, see your doctor, but also think about what am I holding on to emotionally? What am I stuck with? What am I like, you know, what have I dug my foot in about and I won't, I won't let go because that's what it's about. And it might be an ongoing thing. I, you know, I, I know a lot of people and also too, I think with the, with the pooping, there's a lot of shame around pooping too. People are so ashamed that they poop, especially women. And I have a lot of female friends where it's almost like a shame thing, (laughs) where they almost don't do it. Like every, you know, I, uh, I have a friend who's like, I only do it every few days. And you know, it's like the worst thing that could possibly happen to her. So those kinds of frameworks of beliefs, they're pointing to something that's deeper, where I'm saying that something about me is not okay, and I'm not letting it be okay, and I'm not allowing things to flow, and I'm going to keep using that word flow because all of these things point to flow. Digestion. Another question, does everything I eat digest and process through my body in a way that fuels and energizes me? And if not, why not? I want to ask myself that because if I'm having a lot of problems with my digestion, not only should I see my doctor, but there's something going on with, you know, am I choosing food because I'm stress eating or stuffing down pain? Is there a larger sickness that's at work? Because there's something going on in my body that I'm, I'm, you know, that's making me very stressed, that's making me very worried. Are there ideas that I haven't digested? Am I worried I'm not letting life pass through me? Yeah. Mm, that's another good one. Right? You got to be willing to just ask yourself these things cuz when we ask ourselves, we answer ourselves. <laughs> but a lot of times we don't ask ourselves because we're afraid of what the answer might be or we're afraid that we might have to deal with things that we we've been avoiding dealing with, but it's the avoidance that has these things turn into what they turn into. Right? So number 4, and I hate our hour goes by so fast. We're already like Number four, right? Sweating. Right? The the question to ask around sweating. I <laughs> love the, the, the pause after sweating. Sweating! I Silence. Sweating. <laughs> That's it. That's it. That's it. Just sweating. <laughs> so, Berkeley, do I have some kind of sweat disorder? Like, even that. Having a, some kind of sweating disorder, something with the skin... You know, obviously it's not something you're, you're not wishing it on yourself, but there is some thought or belief that has your body expressing itself in this way. So whether it's that I don't sweat or I sweat profusely, you know, what are some of my beliefs around around sweating? What are some of my beliefs around, um, you know, d- there's so many possibilities. Like, do I do I make a make it a point to cause my body to sweat on a regular basis, which is something that our bodies need? And if I'm not doing that, why don't I do that? What am I telling myself about things like exercise and my own abilities? If I do have some sort of um, uh, sweating malfunction, you know, what's going on with my beliefs? Am I trying to keep people away from me? Am I, you know, trying to uh, prevent embarrassment? Like, you know, all these things are indicators of emotional stuff that we could be healing. And healing this emotional stuff is a good companion to whatever healing needs to happen medically as well. So if I'm someone who, you know, is dealing with cancer treatments and, you know, I'm trying to uh, uh, get through a round of chemo, my mindset around, you know, especially depending on where cancer might be in my body, my mindset is going to help produce the energetic 
field that will help heal those cancer cells. I'm not saying don't do medicine. I'm not saying anything radical, like don't do the chemo, but, but, you know, in companionship holistically with anything else that I'm doing medically, being able to actually get to what beliefs might be causing that sickness, causing that cancer, causing that eating away, causing that lack of flow, whatever's going on in your body, that's going to be a great companion to whatever you're doing medically to have it be effective. Right. So we don't want to be afraid of these things. Right. 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 We don't want to be afraid of, of, you know, listening to ourselves and actually wondering why it's there and just just be in the place of just get rid of it. Just get rid of it. Just get rid of it. You want to be like, OK, so what is this telling me? What do I need to know? And that's that's part of flow as well. Like, what are you saying to me, my body? So then the last one is um, what are you laughing about, Brian? <laughs> You kind of pause. I'm, 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 I'm kind of like, okay, why is she pausing? Because <laughs> you know, sometimes I feel like I fire host people with stuff a little bit, and I also know that you know th- this can lean to sort of the radical thinking of, you know, because I am very much. Uh, uh, a follower of science and believer in science. Like I don't want to be, you know, I'm not anti-science. Sometimes I don't necessarily trust Western medicine and the thinking behind how Western medicine works. Right. But I know that it can, it can be a controversial conversation because there's a lot of people out there who say zero medicine and it's all thought. And, you know, and that's just not the case. Yeah, that's not the case. Sometimes we do need the assistance of, you know, uh, clearly we need the assistance of of doctors knowledgeability, but, you know, of outside assistance, you know, like, like, whatever. I'm not a clinician. (laughs) Sometimes we do need those things. Oftentimes we do need those things. But, you know, what we're talking about here is how. Um, when we're willing to uh, heal and talk about our beliefs and get into those emotions and not let them rule and not be so subscribed to them, they don't have as much power over our body. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, when we subscribe to these beliefs in a way that, you know, they're unchangeable and, you know, there's no uh, uh, movement, there's no flow in them, then they show up in our body because it's like our, our brain's job is to uh, protect us. And, it, and it, it, it kind of does what we tell it to do. So if we have a belief like, you know, that, I don't know, that the world is, is out to get us and that we should be fearful and that we should walk in fear. When we walk around walking in fear, the brain is going to do what it needs to do in order to protect us because the brain is going to think right. I'm, you know, I'm walking around in fear. Right. So right. so what do I need to put in place? Do I need All to about fight or flight? Fight or flight. Do I need to make you so sick that you're always in a hospital bed? Do I need to, you know, the, that's what the brain does on its own. Like we're not we're not cognitive of it. Do I need to um you know, put you in, put your body in some sort of position where people will be more attentive to you, you know, and that can show up in a lot of ways, like dementia, things like that. Do I need to make something wrong with you so that, you know, it, it will f- fix the situation? It happens a lot with kids. Kids get like eczema and rashes and stuff. And a lot of times that's when they're in situations where they emotionally feel like they're out of power. Like I need more attention. So like rashes and things like that might show up. It's all very real. But I, you know, I believe that the brain really has a a strong effect over this stuff. 
Anyway, that's why I paused. <laughs> Gotcha. You took so me down. I'm, I'm, so we're ready. <laughs> okay. So number five, sexual functioning. The question to ask myself, are all of my parts working consistently? And do I have a healthy desire for sex that is normal and feels right for me? And if not, why not? So obviously there are physical things that cause sexual dysfunction. Dr. John Gray talks a lot about hormones and the myths that we're led to believe about inevitability of things like erectile dysfunction and vaginal dryness as we get older and things like that. Um, and he talks about how it's mythical because, you know, first of all, we, we buy into it. We buy into that. Okay. I'm getting older. I'm going through menopause, um, you know, or I'm getting older as a man. So, you know, that's what's supposed to happen to my body. And the moment you buy into that, then that's exactly what you're going to, you're going to create. But also, um, you know, it, it's like uh, uh, it can be psychologically determined by circumstance. So, you know, just to share a little like I've experienced vaginal dryness because I was in a bad relationship for too long. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I didn't at the time I didn't know that's what was was happening. I mean, I knew I was in a bad relationship, but I didn't associate the two things because I still found him physically attractive. Right. Right? right. So I didn't associate the fact that I, I couldn't like I started having vaginal dryness with the fact that I just I wasn't feeling emotionally loving about him anymore. And I started to believe different things about him, believe different things about myself, like your body responds to the things that you think. And as soon as I started to um, realize that and open up myself to to that being the possibility, then I was able to like really pinpoint some things and get clear like. Okay. Yeah. Like now I can do something about this. Now I can be aware and also be able to admit that I'm in a relationship that's not working. If this is what's going on with me. Right. 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 And just to, you know, chime in before we, because I know that's the last question. We're running out a little bit of time. Yeah. This is just some stats for everybody when it comes to uh, quote unquote normal sexual function Mm -hmm. for people as they get older the average not like all the best the average number of times that older people who have a healthy sex life is anywhere between 24 and 48 times a year oh so so no they 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 still <laughs> they're still doing it. They're still doing it. <laughs> and this is this is you can look it up. You can you know yeah go online and, and look at the statistics. But yeah, I love it. You know, yeah, yeah. You know, so at the mole folks' homes, right? They're still <laughs> getting it on. They get it. Let's get it on. Yeah, and I, you know I believe that about vitality and aging and all of that. Like it's a it's a belief in you know I have people who I've gone to high school with and I, or even grad school and somebody posted on a thing one time like how are you staying looking so young which I thought was a, a very sweet compliment. And honestly, it's not that I don't ever see, I do see aging in myself. I do see a difference, but I also don't believe it. Like I don't subscribe to it. Do you know what I mean? Like I, what I subscribe to is vitality. And I think that a a lot of those older people who are still having, you know, semi-regular sex and, and, you know, what is a normal level of sex for them is that I don't, we don't have to subscribe to, you know, cause I'm getting older, this thing can't work anymore, or I have to give up on this thing. Cause that's, you know, if we believe it, the body will do it. 
Right. So, exactly. Yeah. So the brain's job is to make sure that we survive and it will automatically create issues in our body when it believes that we need to be protected. And oftentimes the stoppage of flow in our bodies is a sign of something we're refusing to heal or let go of or change our thinking around. And of course, it's important to see a doctor when there's any malfunctioning and we want to give ourselves the gift of listening to our bodies and letting what they say letting what our bodies say to us heal our emotions help us heal our emotions so if you are love stuck and feeling unfulfilled check in with your body and find out if it's trying to indicate a belief that's not working also you can check out that book you can heal your life by louise hay i'm not recommending it as a replacement for medical advice but a way to accompany your healing methods by starting with your beliefs and your emotions and that's that. Woo-hoo. Right? Yeah. For finding no more our flow. Love struck. Right? Stuck. No more. No, no. <laughs> I was about to get no, into I'm it with you. <laughs> We're not love stuck no more. <laughs> but yeah, you know, and it, it all comes down to the same thing that I always talk about that willingness to just get in your self awareness, ask yourself questions, and be flat with it. Like, we need to stop hiding and, sh- and shaming ourselves and being ashamed and, you know, running away from, you know, what is so, and also wanting to hold on to our beliefs so strongly that we refuse to see when we're standing in our own way. And can we do a quick matchmaker moment? Do we have time? Of course Ryan? we have time. Let's do the matchmaker moment. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. We ready? Do I just go? Oh, oh, we got intro. All right. Back to you. All right. So I have a lovely lady in the D.C. area, very much a social justice warrior and a fighter for equal rights, smart, sweet, with an easy smile and an hourglass figure. She is 44, a mother of two. She's divorced. She's one of my favorite clients in that she is not race fixated. Sometimes people are very race fixated with the people that they date. And she cares about community issues. Like she's very much a lover of community and wanting us all to rise and wanting us all to be better and have better and live better. And if you're someone who loves to focus on solutions to the disparities and problems plaguing our world, she might be perfect for you because she's very solution oriented. And um, yeah, if you know someone or you are someone who might be a great match for her, you can email me at askforcandypodcast at gmail.com and say, I want to be matched. Oh. Yeah. Wow. Right? She's a good one. She's a good one for the for the men who like like, you know, she's not heavy. Like, I don't want to call her curvy because curvy these days means like, you know, overweight. But Mm. she she is. She's like small curvy. She's petite curvy. All right. Yeah. Brothers in D.C. Right. Hello. DC brother. Reach out. Do that email. Yeah. Don't miss out. So I guess now we got to wrap it up. So you guys know very quickly, every Monday I do the Epic Circle. If you're a woman interested in doing our, our joining our healing circle, we are on collective number two. Your first class is an orientation class and it's free. So find us on Meetup, the Epic Circle. Thank you so much to Solivity Magazine, Passion, Purpose, Living, my Brian. Oh, thank, thank you. you honey. It's no. always good. Right. You. <laughs> Always a pleasure. Always fantastic. And you can find us on Instagram at Ask for Candy Podcast, at Candy Love Coach, at Solivity Magazine. And that is it. Woo. That is it. Until next time, never forget you are a love machine. If you ever start to feel like you aren't getting the love you need, just make more and then ask for candy. Hey.